0: For women's football. This is Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and oh my goodness, was this week crazy or what? So, this is episode 1809, and we just had week 10 of the WFA. The Dallas Elite lost to the Arlington Impact, so, the Arlington Impact is going to the playoff round. super excited for them i mean obviously we're bummed that we didn't make it to the next round to go to kansas city but another texas team is going um it's a team that we support that we love that we appreciate um that uh you know if they have any fundraisers or anything that are going on uh, or events that they need people to show up at um if i can go i'll be there um, to help support women's football and hopefully um, get them to raise some funds to go to Kansas City and then on to to the next place, depending on how that how that action goes. But, but Kansas City is Kansas a tough team, so we'll see how that goes. Um, I actually g- connected with Coach Mike and Coach Lacey, and uh, I think I'm going to be able to have them on the show here, Women's Football Success, uh, from a coach's standpoint, a couple of times. So I'm really excited about that. Really quick disclaimer. This is Women's Football Success. I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington. I am an attorney, but I'm not your attorney. I'm licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. I do not practice law in the state of Texas. Anything that we put out in our websites, blogs, email, social media, um, digital media, or print is for business purposes only. It does not create a um, attorney-client relationship. And if you have a situation where you need to speak to an attorney, Um, find one that's experienced in your topic area and in the uh, jurisdiction where you need help in. With that being said, this is Women's Football Success. And if you don't know it yet, um, I have a passion for women's football. I love women's football. I appreciate all the women that came before us and um, uh, have built this foundation that continues to go on. um, And hopefully we can just keep making it better and better. Um, This is episode 1809. Um, I haven't been advertising too much um, about the radio show yet because I wanted to get kind of a foundation, a little bit of content um, underneath our belt before putting this out there. Um, I do this in a talk show um, manner, not a coach's play-by-play or or a review of the games. Um, But this is really... um, the concept Women's Football Success is about providing support for the um, team owners, the support staff, the coaches, and the players. And the idea is to promote women's football um, to a successful level and to get all of these teams um, to a successful level so, because it's a win-win situation for all of us. Um, Let's real quick talk about the state of women's football right now. I mean, we've had some big things happen over this last week. Um, If you've not been under a rock, you're aware that the IWFL um, has approximately six teams left. Um, I don't know the specific details of how many teams they have or whether games happen this week or not. Uh, I was so focused on the Dallas Elite versus the Arlington Impact um, that I'm not sure if the games happen or how they went around. But that's not really what I focus on. Um, I'm not privy to what the IWFL is doing. um, And I'm not sure if they're doing playoffs or championships or anything like that. Um, I did reach out to the 2018, the US WFL. Um, They had 10 teams in their league. And I actually spoke to the league owner, and I've been on his show a couple times, Dave Johnson and, and his wife. Um, and we really had a heart-to-heart about women's football. And we actually talked for about two hours, um, you know, his ideas of women's football, his um, league, and where he sees women's football going. And I, I think that we agree on most um, things. Um, I, I, I feel that... The crossroads that we're coming to in women's football is that people are scared um, to share their knowledge, which makes it difficult for us to grow. So, you know, if somebody has a really good idea about fundraising or makes, you know, has a fundraiser that makes 10 grand, then they're worried about sharing it with too many people because, that person may decide to start a team um, right next to them next year and and use it against them. So I feel like we have a lot of um, information out there that's not being shared because teams are scared that that information is then going to be used against them or used in a negative way. The other thing that I think is major in women's football right now is the longevity Um, we don't know from year to year what teams are going to be in what leagues and of course they they have the option of changing leagues and and going back and forth um but i want to um pose a question to you or ask you guys to hold steady um and i want to share a couple things with you about women's football um Again, I started in 2009. There's some people that have been here longer than me um, and are very, very successful in women's football. Uh, But it's difficult to share those successful stories because they're not sure how they're going to be used or if they're going to be changed into and added to different leagues. So with that being said, um, I want to talk about a couple different things this week and what needs to happen in women's football. And I've shared a little bit about it, um, but I feel like today, today, this week, is the week that is so important to share um, a lot of information or a lot of ideas about women's football because I think that a lot of teams need guidance, but I also feel that they've put a lot of that not excuse or responsibility on the leagues to teach them or to mentor them or to guide them. And you have half that say, yes, the the leagues should do it, and you have half that say they don't. Um, I personally feel it's up to you to get your own guidance. Um, I'm willing to offer guidance. Um, And that's not to say that I'm the most successful person in women's football but I'm certainly willing to help people become more successful than they are now. There's probably a handful, maybe five to five to seven uh, teams in women's football that are actually running their football teams like a business. And I'll tell you that women's football can be a business. It can be a full-time business. It can make a profit. It can be successful. But it takes a lot of changing and a lot of understanding. That it's not the easiest business to get into, and it's actually seven or eight businesses put together. So, I've talked to several businesses, business owners over the years in women's football. Most of us agree on several things, and I feel that it's important, it's an important time to share these things with the newcomers. And ask them to hold on, ask them to, you know, if you've if you've forfeited some games this year, if you didn't have enough players this year, if you didn't have a coaching staff, if you didn't have enough funding, let's, rather than create a new league or create a different way of doing this, let's embrace these 65 teams that we have and maybe even grow to 75 or 85 teams for the next season, 2019. But in doing so, my idea is to embrace the teams that are struggling, which is about 90% of the teams. And I, I have to be honest with you here, um, coming to the Dallas Elite was a surprise for us. Um, it was not the season that we expected it to be. You know, we picked up the pieces. things weren't the way that we wanted them, and we didn't have enough time to do everything. And I don't say that to say anything bad about any kudos to Maria Spencer um, for reaching out to us. And I'll tell you we you know our team, we worked sometimes 18 hour days to to get things to where they were and to make sure that we got through the season and make sure we had players and make sure, We had fun. So it was a really good season for us with all the adversity that we faced. But I'm sure that other teams have faced that adversity as well and are still facing that adversity. But I'm here to tell you that women's football can be successful. You can have five and six and 700 people in the stands every week. But there needs to be a mindset shift in how you do business. Because if you think about it, Let's just, let's just break it down. If you're trying to be, make a profit in women's football, and you have four home games, four away games, and then you have tryouts and all that other stuff, you basically have four opportunities. That's excluding any of your internet sales for merch and, and that kind of stuff. But you basically have four, four hour opportunities to make money for your team to fund it for the rest of the year. So you have to optimize or make the most benefit out of those four opportunities you possibly can. And if you're not doing that, you will not be successful in the season. Now, I've done this several times, um, in fact, like I have posted on some of my other episodes, um, I own three teams at the same time. I did that for a couple reasons. One of them is because I wanted to give a team to each of my children, and I may do that again someday. But for now, I'm holding on the projects that I have right now. But I also wanted to demonstrate to myself and to other people in women's football that you can have a successful football team. It doesn't have to be in a large market. It can be in a small market. It doesn't take full-time or overtime hours to do it to be successful. It can be profitable. So we had our team, the Lone Star Mustangs in a large market in Dallas. Um, We then had the Little Rock Wildcats, which is in a small market, like 250. And I think Tulsa is about the same, 250, 350, um, as far as population. But we wrote, we lived in Dallas and we rotated to these other places. So I was not always in Little Rock and I was not always in Tulsa. So I wanted to demonstrate to other women football teams that you can be successful even if you don't live in the same area as your team and you're not hands-on every day. Now, obviously it's better to be hands-on every day and to work it full-time every day, but the idea here is, is that women's football can be successful, but rather than creating new leagues and creating new models of doing this, why don't we embrace the teams that are struggling and fix the issues that we have and make these teams successful? So I've put it out there to a couple people and I you're talking back and forth and, and sharing it, but you know my ideas... Um, and I can't say they're just mine. I mean, I've been thinking about this for 2 or 3 years while we've been out of women's football putting these plans together, but I you know, people sometimes balk at this, but what if? Let's talk about what if. And I think these are super simple what ifs. What if we were able to get all these Division 3 and Division 2 and Division 1 teams to have 40 plus players? What if we were able to get the fundraising done for all of these Division Three, Division II, and Division I teams to have enough money to fund their season? What if? I'll tell you what, it's not as hard as it seems. And a lot of teams, you know, I hear them complaining, and I'm not really big on excuses as far as, you know, giving me an excuse. There's a couple things I can't stand. Giving me excuses on, giving me excuses on how many players you have kills me. And giving me ex- player, giving me excuses on why you can't pay your player fee kills me too. But I just nod my head and say yes, and say yeah, I agree. It's not an agree. It's not a yes in agreement. It's a, a yes, I've heard you, um, because I know you can get 50 or 60 players. We've we struggled really hard in the Dallas market this year because of our adversities with the team split and everything. But I guarantee that next year we will have 50 to 60 players. I have no doubt about it. Um, But if you're in a if you're in an area where the population is 50,000. Even or 60,000, you should be able to find 60 players. Now, if you're in a population of 250,000, 500, a million, there is absolutely no excuse for not having 60 players. Now, with that being said, in order to get 60 players, you cannot have two tryouts and expect to get 60 players. You might have to have five tryouts or six or eight tryouts. I'll tell you the stats for the Lone Star Mustangs because I kept them Um, because I felt it was very important to know this, but we had almost 100 to 120 people come through a season to have 60 to 70 players to start with, okay? Now, you start with practices with 60 or 70 players. By the time you even get to the first official practice, you're down to 60 or 55 because you've had injuries, you have people that their work schedules don't work with it, or they can't afford to do it. So, when you're thinking about this, and I'm going to put together, I have a whole calendar that I'm putting out. It's like a women's football jumpstart program um, that I'm going to put out there for free um, to help some of these teams with a, a couple concepts. Um, I can't, I can't give you everything in an hour long radio show, um, but I can get you kind of jump started on some things that you can do um, to help get ready for next year because. I'll tell you what, the other thing is, is if you're getting ready in February for April, you're already behind. You've already lost. You need to be getting ready now for next April. Um, and I don't mean this to boast, but I've already gotten my schedule together for my tryouts. When I'm going to do tryouts, I've been asked, how many tryouts are, you gonna, how are we going to hold? Are we going to hold four tryouts? Are we going to hold six tryouts? I'll tell you my answer to that. My plan is to hold four tryouts, but I'm going to hold them in September and October. And if in, by the end of October I've held four tryouts and I don't have my number of girls, I'll hold two more. And if in November I don't have enough, I'll hold two more. Why? Because I know that numbers is a big, big important thing to my team, um, for safety reasons, for financial reasons, reasons, um, for ticket sales reasons, so many reasons why we need to have so many more players. But with that being said, um, I'm going to put together a plan. I'm going to put it out here on the website for you guys to see. Um, I'll put it in uh, some sort of a webinar, uh, Women's Football start. So that there's a couple things that teams can get started on now to start getting ready for next season. Now, the other thing that I want to talk about is the discrepancy that we have. There's some women football team owners that feel that we need less teams. And there's some women football owners that think we need more teams. And I'll tell you, what side of the coin I'm on and why. And I hope it makes sense to you. And I hope you guys agree with me because this is the way um, that I feel it should go. Now, again, let me tell you, um, I don't have any authority with the WFA. I don't have any authority with the IWFL or the USWFL. Um, I have no authority. I'm just a team owner. But... I've gone through these models and and analyzed the processes and the procedures that go into these. And if you kind of just hear me out, you'll realize why I come to these conclusions. You don't have to agree with me. You can agree to disagree, that's fine too. But I'll tell you, we gotta take some baby steps before we take some big steps. I've said this before as well, you know, the NFL is getting into a couple things some people know about, some people don't know, but they are starting to figure this out. And if they figure that women's football can be super successful, for example, a sister team, if, a woman with, if an NFL team can create a sister team, they already have their stadiums, they already have their concession stands. They can afford to travel them. If women, if NFL figures this out before you guys figure it out or we figure it out, then we're going to be out in the cold. The NFL is going to do it without us. Just saying. Okay. So a lot of teams talk about and a lot of these shows are talking about the fact that we need less teams, less teams, less teams. And at some point that is probably true, but it's not this point. At this point, we need more and more and more teams because one of the biggest expenses for women's football is travel. So we need to fill in the holes where there are no teams. So essentially, the league needs to get bigger, probably about 100 teams because we're now at about 65-ish, 68. Um, We probably need 20 or 30 more teams to fill in those gaps um, for travel. Now, I also talked to somebody that has a dispute with the the tiers. And I commend and I also scold the tier system. And I understand why it was put in place. And I understand the dilemma as to the, the teams that wanted it and the teams that needed it and how to make everybody happy. The problem with the tier system is that you still have to play teams that are not in your tier. It just just has to be that way. Unless you're gonna have 100 teams in tier one and 100 teams in tier two and 100 teams in tier three, you will not be able to play just teams in your tier, or you're gonna have seven, 12, 15 hour travel. And while some teams are willing to do that, Others cannot even get close to affording it. So when I talk to um, super small businesses, so one of the things I do is I consult super small businesses, um, which is a business that has zero to 10 employees, which is this exact model that women's football has. Uh, Women's football teams, there's usually zero zero to 10 employees, Usually zero because most people are volunteers, especially in the beginning. There's an owner um, that's hoping and praying that they don't have to pay everything out of their own pocket, but will get some help from the players and some sponsorships. So the idea behind super small businesses is to take your idea and divide it up into smaller steps or more focused cost-effective steps. So for example, if I want to build a, let's say I want to own a restaurant and it's half a million dollars and I got $20,000 in the bank, or let's say I have $10,000 in the bank, but I want a half million dollar restaurant. The chances of you being able to get the half dollar, half million dollar restaurant are slim to none Financing, venture capitalists, GoFundMe, friends and family, maybe a, a loan from the SBA, etc. So when I'm talking to small business owners, I ask them to take that idea and break it down into smaller steps. How can we get to that restaurant that's worth half a million dollars when we're starting with ten thousand? So we have them backtrack into the idea. So what do we think about a cafe? What do we think about catering? What do we think about a food truck? What do we think about a farm stand? Different scenarios as to how to get to the restaurant, but start out with something that we can actually sustain, um, run a business, have enough capital, and make money. And then take our steps maybe from a farm stand to a market, to a cafe, to a restaurant, or catering to a food truck, to a restaurant. I hope the concept, I hope the concept is easy to understand because it's very similar for women's football. You know, we have a lot of these teams that want to get to big name sponsors. They want to get to Reebok, they want to get to Nike and Rydell and um, Under Armour. And and big name NFL. But you're starting out with $500 in your pocket. So you need to figure out how to get backtrack from that $500 or $5,000 that you're starting your women's football team to build it up to where it's on television every week and not expect it and not feel that it's owed to you. Because if you can backtrack into it, and build your team up in these baby steps or build this industry up in these, what I call baby steps um, or super small focused steps, then we can actually get to where we're going, but we're gonna have to have a lot more teams to fill in the gaps and cover expenses for costs before we start contemplating the idea of reducing the amount of teams or making the smaller teams feeder teams for the bigger teams, or drafting from the smaller teams to the bigger teams. Um, so I hope that that concept kind of works for you guys and it helps you understand um, what needs to happen in women's football. But I'll tell you what, I'm going to, I'm going to be putting out some resources here in the next couple weeks. I'm trying to get them done by the championship. I just don't know if I can get them done um, because we've been working, working really hard on other things. But I wanna get some tools out there for the women's football teams that are struggling um, and set some goals for getting over 40 football players on each team and getting enough fundraisers set up and a schedule, a calendar together to raise funds for women's football so that these teams have the money and can't afford to travel. And then also setting up a way where the players go from paying to play to getting paid to play. And that's pretty, pretty exciting for me. I, I really like that part of the process. So with that being said, I hope everybody um, takes the time to listen to this um, episode of the radio show. If you haven't heard like I said, I've been keeping it on the down low. Um, we've done a few episodes already. And what we've been doing on each episode is kind of focusing in on either ownership, staffing, coaching, or playing. And I haven't had a lot on the coaching because I haven't been able to get the coaches on because they've been working um, like 17 hours a day on coaching. Um, so I will be having some coaches on and we actually have some workouts that um, we're going to put out there for like off-season workouts for the teams that are no longer in uh, the playoffs, um, or if, I guess even for the teams that are in the playoffs could do these workouts on their on their days off. But um, so let's really quick. I want to talk about the championship, and I'm going to pull up over here. Hold on, just a second. Um, WFA Women's Football Championship. Because um, I'm super excited. Uh, I don't know. It's not coming up. It's not coming up. Let's see if I can find it over here. Women's Football Alliance. I'm going to go into WFA Pro. Women's Football Alliance, guys. WFA Pro That's going to be the league with 60 plus teams. My goal, and again, I don't have any authority with them. I love Lisa King. I love Jeff King. Um, You know, a league is a league. A league is not here to do everything for you, okay? Um, And I just want to say that uh, a league cannot do everything for you. And I'll tell you, the NFL League can't do anything, everything for their teams either. So uh, with that being said, I am going to go on to WFA football. We got right up at the top is the 2018 WFA National Championship. Click on there. Now, the Atlanta Phoenix team is the one hosting. Um, we actually went to the Atlanta game. Oh, my gosh, or the, the, the field, beautiful field, super, super excited um, to go back. While I'm there, I'm willing to talk to anybody. Um, and let me make sure that we're clear on this. Um, our team, the Dallas Elite, um, will play in the WFA, the Women's Football Alliance, next year. Um, any and all information that I give you about building women's football, my goal is for you to use that in a growing league, the WFA. Um, I don't know, you know, like I was saying before, some teams might be a little nervous because this might be their first or second year and they're having difficulty. I, I beg you, I guess, to stick it out. I'm gonna provide some resources for you um, to help you succeed in this next year. I can't guarantee your success because that's all on you, but I can give you some more tools and tricks um, that have been successful in the past and that will help you with that. Okay, so let's talk about the WFA playoff. And I usually don't get into like team versus team and this versus that. So my understanding is that we have a, all-American game, a Division three game, Division two, Division one, And then there's going to be some sort of like combine, which is like the best of the best. So players get to go on and um, kind of test their skills, like quarterback skills and running back skills, etc., bench press and all these different things to see who the best of the best is. Because even if your team did not make it to the championship, you have an opportunity to show off your skills. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. It says here we got 45 days left. for Well, 44 days and 18 hours. Um, and I just wanted to take a moment to promote the championship. Um, it's a difficult thing to put on. It's a lot of coordination. Um, my understanding is, is that the schedule um Is set up here so we have Friday they have oh, different ways that you can register and tell you what your interest is and then they're going to give the information to those specific groups that are interested in this so when you hit register that doesn't mean that you are locked in or paying for anything um, but they're trying to see for example the shuttle to and from the stadium they want you to register for that to see if that is something you're interested in so they can get an idea of how many people possibly would do that. Um, it's not for you to lock in or pay for it, but they're gonna have a shuttle to and from different locations. Um, you can buy just a Friday pass. You can buy, um, so on Saturday is the best of the best challenge. So each participant can, can be in that. Um, I think it's gonna be like, 25 or 35 dollars. I don't want to give a I don't want to give an amount and then tell you that it's it's different. Um, But I think you get a t-shirt also and you're gonna um, go there and show off your skills and see how good you are. Because just because your team didn't make it into the playoffs, (laughs) there might be some really good players that want to show off um, what they can do. And then we have um, on Saturday is going to be the national championship, but there's going to be like several games that day. Um, and then there's like an, a night entertainment pass, some sort of like party shuttle bus and party in the pool up on top of the thing. So I'm excited to hear what Atlanta has to say about what's really going on because I think people are going to be really impressed. Um, Now, I will tell you that one thing that I've heard and people have been talking about is where to stay. Uh, My understanding is is that there is a lot of events going on in Atlanta that weekend. So you want to book your hotel ASAP as soon as possible um, and make sure that you get it locked in because there's different areas of Atlanta. and My understanding is, is once these areas get booked up, they're going to start double and tripling the price of hotels because there's another one or two big events going on. Um, So I'm excited about this uh, um, championship weekend. And real quick, because I've been trying to ask, and I got the details this morning um, about the... Where is it? The private suites. You know, if you're taking... Like 15 people, then you might want to look into the purchase of a suite because it might be enough bang for your buck that it works out pretty good. Um, but with that being said, don't take my don't take my suite. Go get the other suites. Um, so I'm hoping to get a suite. I'm excited, but I, I've also you know other teams might want to do this as well. But I've reached out to my teammates that that didn't make it into the playoffs to come to the championship weekend, whether they participate in the Combine uh, Challenge or not, it is a great weekend, especially for those teams that are struggling, that feel like they're out on an island of their own. Championship weekend is a really cool weekend to get together and find out that there's like 2,000 other women that play football and are very similar to you. So it's a pretty cool weekend to see all the women get together. Um, So if you're contemplating whether to go or, um, you know, maybe you need to do a caravan of, you know, four girls get in a car and go down there for the weekend. You can make it there, you know, in time. So I'm really excited about uh, the WFA championship weekend. And I think it's going to be an awesome time. I'm going to be there. My husband's going to be there. Um, A couple of our coaches are going to be there. Um, So we're really excited about that. I hope that this episode, like I said, this is more talky than I usually am and more, not aggressive, but more specific on the ideas because we want to share ideas about women's football, but we don't want them to be shared and then taken off to be used in other forms and fashions that we didn't want them to be used in. And I think that's a struggle in women's football about um, how the information is gonna be used. Um, but if I can put a challenge out there to all those other women football teams that are um, in the WFA to stick it out, think about what you're doing, think about if you've put the effort in that you really should have put in, and challenge yourself to have 40 40 players, which means you have to have 60 players, but I'll I'll be okay with 40, to go out there and set up all the fundraisers that you need to set up. Um, Two fundraisers is not gonna be enough and doing bake sales is not gonna be enough. We're talking about serious fundraisers and I can help you with that as well. But women's football can be successful And sometimes it's not successful the first year. Sometimes it's not successful the second year. But we can get you on track. I hope everybody sticks with it. And I hope you reach out to some people, you know, maybe 50, 60, 70 miles away in communities that don't have women's football teams. Um, That's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, You know, we don't need any more women's football teams in areas where women's football teams already exist. We need women's football teams in places they don't exist. So if you're reaching out to people, reach out to people in other areas that will fill in those gaps. So um, I hope that uh, you guys take this to heart. I really, you know, the information that I offer is um, wholehearted. I want women's football to be successful. I I know that we can all do it, um, but it's going to take a lot of effort on all of our parts, uh, whether... Our, we like each other, or whether we're best friends with each other. Um, it's going to take some unity within the WFA to get all of these teams to a level um, as far as number of players, quality of play, um, consistency of schedule, etc., um, fundraising, travel opportunities. So, but we can do it. I know we can. You guys have a great week. Um, this is episode. I don't know, 1809 again, this is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington with Women's Football Success. Real quick, if you haven't had a chance, so I keep all of this information on my um, business consulting website, and I'm probably going to move it here soon, but it's under supersmallbiz.com, and when you go under supersmallbiz.com, there's a tab there that says Women's Football Success, and you can find a lot of the information that we've been putting out so far right there in um, some cute little uh, info graphics and stuff. Um, but with that being said, we also are creating a Facebook group for women's football success. Right now it's closed and you guys can ask to be joined. Um, I'm not going to open it up until we have several you know, people in there to contribute. Um, but then that's going to be set up to do different things on different days. Um, so Tuesday is business tip Tuesday, etc. cetera. Um, I think Wednesday is marketing day or maybe wisdom, Wednesday wisdom, something like that um, to help share and have a positive vibe about women's football. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Lynn Liberty Ellington, my a phone number that can come directly to me. If if I'm not in the office, it, it goes directly to my cell phone. 479 747 3693. Website is Dallas Elite Women's Football at gmail.com or super small, biz, super small Biz at gmail.com or Women's Football Success at gmail.com. You guys have a great day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye bye and dance down and